following message is the word of God from Abiyokuta Believers Meeting. Be blessed. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11 verse 1, And it came to pass that as he was praying, Everybody say pray. In a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. This must have been a very intelligent question, carefully taught out by one of the disciples of Jesus Christ. The Bible didn't tell us which one said so. This question that the disciples asked Jesus must have come from the heart. After much meditation, they saw that Jesus spat on the clay and he gave somebody the eyeball. They saw when Jesus got to the pool of Bethsaida and he healed a man there. They saw marvelous miracles when he multiplied bread. The anointing moves in different ways. But there is something that connects all the dots. Somehow, none of the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to heal the sick. None of them said to Jesus, teach us how to multiply bread. None of them said to Jesus, teach us how to open the eyes of the blind. But after careful observation, they noticed two things. Number one, behind every act of the master, Something about the master praying was responsible for all the results they saw. Then they must have quickly discovered also that the master refused to do two things the same way. And that is very important. You cannot copy the things of the spirit in the flesh. Hallelujah. One came, touched him, and got well. One, he laid his hand on. One, he laid his hand two times. The first time he said, you see, he said, I see men walking as trees. Well, theologically, they said they restored the man's spiritual vision before the physical vision. Meaning that, if you are not a man of the spirit, you see men as trees. You cut them down anyhow. But when you are full of the spirit, you see men as God sees them. See, Oh, are you, so I just want to talk about prayer briefly because after it has all ended tonight, then it will be according to the amount of time individuals here are spending in the place of prayer. The book of Acts is one of the books that ended in an open-ended way. The Bible talks about Paul being in Rome and the story ended without a, a very strong conclusion. It is true because Acts of Apostle has never stopped. We see our apostles, and some of them are seated here this afternoon. So the book continues. But one of the secrets that the apostles found when they were in Acts chapter 6, they said, appoint men to other things. Verse 4, why we give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the world. Some things wanted to take them away from the place of prayer. And then they said to themselves that, no, 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 no. You know, some of them were there when Jesus was alive. So they saw that behind every move of the spirit, to back the move and to sustain what you have buried in the place of prayer, 
there must be prayer. They said we give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. When the bishop was ministering in the morning, something occurred to me. He said, do you remember what he said? That we are talking about the God of Elijah. God is looking for the Elijahs of God. That's a strong statement. Because the God of Elijah is still alive, but there are no many, there are not too many Elijahs again. But then to function this way, there has to be an understanding of how to navigate your way in the realm of the spirit. And I will talk about this. It was a temptation that disciples faced, but they quickly said to themselves, any other thing we do except prayer and the ministry of the word we end this move of the spirits. They said we give ourselves. It's only to pray. It's another thing to give yourself to prayer. I want to read something, James. And very soon I'll begin to end. James chapter 5. Everybody open with me. Glory to God. The man, the Bible said this kind does not go out. This kind does not go out. Oh, I see people tearing up even over this city. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So he said, verse 17, Elijah was a man subject to light passions as we have. Stop. Wow. You know, it is possible to read, and this is what I just want to leave us with today. It is possible to read stories of great men used of God and unconsciously assumed that they were spirit beings. So the Bible here decided to say, to let everybody know that Elijah was a man subject to life passions. So there were days Elijah was weak, probably sick, because Elisha sick and died. Tired, hungry. If Elijah were to be here, it would work premiership. It would ride Okada. That's the meaning of a life passion. Whatever you can think of any other man, you can put Elijah in that bracket. A man of life passion. Mm. Hallelujah. Tell that to your neighbor. Say, do you know this Elijah they talk about? Was like you and I. No wonder he ran when Jezebel threatened him. A man of life passion. And the same goes for whether you read about E.M. Bound, E.W. Kenyon, Charles Jeffany, whatever name. Oh, the, the, the bishop spoke this morning. That hundred years after, we are still talking about men who moved their world in our time. But the best of God is not in the past. For the part of the just is a light that shines. God will never have a better yesterday. So it is not the will of the Father that we talk about the revivals of old and shake when we talk about them. Because greater things than before are said to happen. When Jesus showed up on the scene, he said to them, he said that you, you have heard about Elijah, I mentioned all those things, he said, but greater than John the Baptist is here. That means God is always in the realm of now, not in yesterday. The Spirit of God is willing to do much more than he has ever done in the past. And I explained briefly yesterday 
the level of demonic interferences, the de level of demonic activities on the face of the earth has multiplied rapidly because the devil knows that his time is short and his wrath has multiplied. So there are orchestrations in the realm of the spirit, the other side, that they defy the anointing of yesterday. Men must press into something deeper in God to be able to speak to this generation. If care is not taken, all the lands that the fathers have taken by their sweat will be taken again by the enemy. Because the soul of men is yearning for something deeper, something deeper. You see it on Facebook, you see it everywhere. Ordinary Christianity cannot work anymore. These are the days of the fullness of the Spirit of God. The Lord knows. So, you see, it is in the nature of man to start something and it begins to wane gradually. So, when Jesus multiplied, when he turned water to wine, he was not only performing a miracle, he was also making a statement of God's order of things, God's way of doing things. So, the, 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 the man, the, the master of the ceremony said that every man brings forth the good wine, then the bad one. A mighty revival and it begins to go down. Marriage starts well. When the guy opens the door for the lady, when they are dating. You go to her house, she'll come and pick me by six. You are there by six, she's not ready, she's still painting her lips. Yet you sit down in the car and you sing. I love you, I love you. Five years after the marriage, woman, if you don't come out on time, you are operating the fate of every man. Every man. Every man brings forth the good wine, then the bad. But Jesus, oh God. <laughs> he brought the best wine. So, sincerely speaking, like I said yesterday, when Ahab, the most wicked thing, showed up, Elijah, the most terrific prophet, also showed up. When darkness is, because wherever iniquity abounds, grace abounds much more. Now that there are devils around, also men of great faith are rising. But we must understand that these things, they come from the sacred place. Hallelujah. So Elijah, let, let, let's look a little more about, at Elijah and then we, we, then we stop. A man subject to life passion as we are. But the Bible says he prayed. Everybody say, but... Say it again. So Elijah was like every other apostle, but the old, the but the but Elijah prayed. Oh, hallelujah! Somehow, some people force everyone to do things. When Paul was blind for three days, he prayed to the point that the Bible testified when God appeared to Ananias, he said, "Go." He gave him the direction. He said, "For there is one soul of that of behold, he prayed." By the time God himself begins to attest to the fact that one man is praying or not. So Ananias had no choice. God said to him, there is a Paul, there is a Saul somewhere. He is praying. Somebody's not giving every rest. No matter the Bible says, those of you that mention the name of the Lord, Isaiah 62, give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem a praise or not. So saints have that ability to cause the almighty God not to rest. Jesus said like this in Luke 18, he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Everybody can fulfill the first part and pray, but then they faint. Men ought always to pray. See, revelations of God. 
they are in dimensions. If you read Exodus 24, one day God told Moses to bring all the elders of Israel to the mountain. And the Bible says in Exodus 24, they got to the top of the mountain. I'm beginning to hit on something very serious now. On the mountain, the Bible said they saw the Lord God of Israel. He sat and under his feet was pavement. But did they really see God? And the Bible says, oh, Pastor Shegu, he did a good job on that, that in this morning session. Elijah said to Ahab, you go and eat and drink. But Elijah continued in the place of prayer. So two types of people. Ahab can eat, but Elijah must pray. And when we come to church, we make a choice. Am I of Ahab or of Elijah? Once you are there, a short time in the place of prayer, and the next thing you are eating, we know that you are Ahab. But those who persist in the place of prayer, the same thing in this Exodus 24, when the elders saw what they thought was God, the Bible said they sat down there and began to eat. Oh, mortal men. But you see, there was no record that Moses ate They were looking at them. That was Exodus 24. Some chapters later, when they went down to the mountain, and they all ate, I'm sure they got to him and he told his father, I saw God today. Ah! He said, how does he look like? I saw him. He's, he sat on his throne. Moses waited for all of them to go. Then Moses said, show me your glory. And God said to Moses that no man, you see, all those guys, 24 of them, they saw nothing. Remember, he said, no man can see me and live. But you see, he came down to Abraham before then. Because there are realms and there are realms, there are levels, there are dimensions. Abraham saw him with two angels at a particular level. Moses saw the burning bush at a particular level. But when he moved to something higher, he pleaded at Lord level. And God said, at this realm, you can't see me. But God decided to bring, you see, God can live in the past, present, and future together. So what God did was that when he opened the rock, he was actually telling Moses a parable or he was giving a revelation of that which was yet to come that time. God was saying to Moses that you can see my back part if I keep you in the rock. But the rock represents Jesus Christ because it is only in Christ you can see the face of God. But because Christ was yet to die, so Moses was given an opportunity to enter a bit into it and that bit will lead him to see in the back. Because the face is left for only those who are under the blood covenant. That's why 7 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says, We all with open faces, we behold the face of God as in a mirror. And we, are, we don't only see it, we are transformed into the same glory. By the Spirit. But Moses couldn't enter. God said that there is the dispensation allocated for your generation. We not allow you to enter this realm. No wonder he said that when he came physically or not, he said to the Pharisees and he said to the disciples, he said, many great men desire to see what you see. But it was not given to them. You see, it is per se, not because we are better than other generations, but it's an election of grace. It is God's plan that we live in these last days of internet junks and all kinds of things around, yet in the midst of it, we will rise and pull up the name of God. Hallelujah. Did you get that? The way it works in all these things is the fact that when Jesus showed up, the Bible says a book was delivered to him. And this is what prayer will do. He opened the book and he found a place. There's a man called Kelvin Zadai. You can Google the name. Apostle Arame thought about death. 
as the way to life. And this will bless somebody. For 29 years, he was working with an airline. He knew how to fly a plane. They didn't employ him to fly the plane. They employed this guy to serve tea. And the Spirit of God told him, I know you don't like this job, but work there. And for 29 years, everybody was going to work, not liking it. One of the days, he had surgery. He removed a tooth. He died. And Jesus walked in and he was taken. And since then, he'd been to heaven several times. If you see this man, when he was serving tea, he refused to tell anybody of his encounter with Jesus Christ. But anytime a demonic possessed person was inside the plane, they would start manifesting. And then some people would get ill. And some would just be like, there is Jesus in you. Then he would tell them the story and revival will start in the plane. America has his name as a prophesy and he saved people from a plane that was about to crash. And those 29 years, all his salary, it will go to the streets and distribute to the poor. Everybody knew that there was something going on between him and God, but he refused their God. Let, let me say this to somebody. You see, I saw a lot of people praying yesterday. When it comes to pulling down something from heaven, every substance, they do take time. Believe me sincerely. It will appear as if God is not seeing what you are doing, how you are praying and fasting. But there comes a day. The Bible says when the cloud is full, it will empty himself. A time comes that heaven records that your cloud is now full. You see, if you send a car and a trailer to Maiduguri to bring goods back, the car will arrive almost a day before the trailer. But you see, the number of tubers of yam at the boot of the car is nothing compared to trailer. When the trailer finally arrives, are you, are you with me? Let me end on this note. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm sure you've gotten something. Paul said unto me, less than the least of the saints, of the saint, is this grace given. What Jesus saw, Isaiah gave that prophecy many years before Jesus was born. Oh, prayer opens your eyes to begin to walk in God's plan. We are his workmanship, remember Ephesians 2, 11, created in Christ for the work that God has ordained. He has, we don't select what we do, we walk in what he has selected for us. You cannot have tremendous results in terms of spiritual impact on the face of the earth doing what you think you should do. You only have to do what he wants you to do. So to every Christian, there is a walk. As we pray, our eyes are open and prayer keeps us on that path to do the will of the Father. Glory to God. So when Jesus landed, he said, he opened Isaiah 60, 61, and he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me. When Isaiah was speaking, most of the prophets in the Bible don't have anybody's name attached to them. There's a reason. Because the promise of God is unto whosoever. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Everybody is covered in whosoever. Once your eyes are open and you see it, you become that whosoever. So Jesus came and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled. Others read it, it didn't mean anything to them. Do you know that everybody listening to me tonight, something is written about you in the word of God. It takes the ministry of the Holy Spirit to let you know. So when I was talking about Kevin Zadai, Jesus showed him all that will happen the next 25 years of his life and he saw it. When he came back to the physical, then one by one, because Acts 15, 18, know not to God that all his works before, before the foundation of the earth. Listen, see, I end with this. God does not begin to answer your prayer when you pray. We understand prayer to get from God. Many times, prayer enables you to see that the answer, the answer God already provided before you started praying. Did you get that? Hallelujah. 
Let's show you a few examples in the Bible. I'll just quote briefly because I want to, I want to hand over to uh, Mr. Dusin now. You see, you remember when they got to the bitter water of Mira? The tree that cured the water was already growing beside it. Except God opened Moses' eyes, he wouldn't see it. Abraham was on the mountain. When he wanted to kill Isaac and God said no, the ram that he sacrificed later, God just opened his eyes and he saw that the ram was already hooked. What about the water that Jesus converted to wine? The pots were there before the wedding started. Jesus got there and he recognized that the answer to their prayer is this pot. And you will see this pattern over and over again. When the ash head went down inside the water, Elijah caught his stick. He just said, we have failed it. Oh, I have something for somebody from there. If you have been hearing the voice of God and spiritually there was time you were up and things are not, there is only one question the Spirit of God we had. To revive is not the problem, but you must know where the axe fell into. When you don't know at what you are stumbling, you will repeat it when you are helped. So first of all, your eyes must be open. We have to recognize. And lastly, I said that it's important also that as we begin to move into prayer movement, the Lord will start networking with other people who want to pray like yourself. Because, I said yesterday, each of the components who make a bomb cannot explode by itself. But when they are brought together, when you bring together two isotopes or whatever, you see the kind of explosion. Somehow, when churches start praying together, when ministers start praying together, when believers start praying together, there will be an That's why Satan hates the unity of the As soon as you start, somebody will do something that will offend somebody. This is why it is important to learn and master how to forgive. Are you with me? Pastor Shegu said in the morning, meetings like this could have been, see, I always count the privilege to be part of anything. God must have given this vision to people like Eshuma who said the ability and anointing was for somebody before. When you begin to fight, the glory wanes and the spirit withdraws. So one of the things that, one of the fundamentals that every Christian must learn is how to forgive. You will need to walk with other saints and they will step on your toes. Your brethren, the greatest sin in New Testament is to sin against other believers. Yes. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you are prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment. Because most of the weapons are in form of words. Tongues. I don't have time to say today how to use the blood of Jesus or what people say about you. Naturally, people say negative things about everybody. And it is important to understand this dimension. When you are praying, you must be sure that the atmosphere around you are clear. That's when you play with people, you pray with people that you have doubt towards one another. You are just wasting time. But then you must pray with people. You see, uh, if you study very well, Uriah did not die because he fought at the hottest part of the battle. David gave two instructions concerning Uriah. When he slept with his wife and he said to him, he said, set Uriah in the hottest part of the battle. That was instruction one. That was not what killed the guy. Because in the hottest part of the battle, some men were fighting there. He said, but when he gets there, second instruction, withdraw from him. When brethren withdraw from you, you are in trouble. You need your company. When they were threatened, the Bible said they went to their own company. Why? Oh. All the armors are at the front. There's nothing at the back. So who are the people behind you? Samson understood this. When they came to arrest him at Unrock Etan, he told his brethren, they said the Philistines are against you. 2,000, 1,000 Philistine men ready to kill Samson. See what Samson said. He told his brethren, he said, you promised me that you will not kill me. He understood that your anointing is not against your brethren. When the enemy shall come like a flower, Isaiah 59, 19, 
the anointing is against the enemy. It's not against a friend. So, you have to be careful who is your inner carcass. So, Samson said, guys, you know what? Handing over to the Philistines is not a problem. You just swear that you will not can. They said, oh, honestly, won't kill you. He said, no problem. So, they bound him and he was going. And the Philistines saw him and they made a mistake. Why did they shout? Bible said, when they saw him, they roared. They didn't remember that. They learned that roared at him yesterday. If you need the guy, when they roared, the thing became, the kind of anointing on the Samson needed an enemy to trigger his oppression. So when they made noise, the thing came upon him. I've seen some, uh, uh, some comics, they draw something like a macho man. That's not in the Bible. It was like any other person, but anointing. And that's what makes a difference. Hallelujah. Raya died that way because no brethren. I will stop here today. Can you say this after me? I will pray. Say it again. I have made up my mind to pray and not faint. When I'm not feeling fine, I will pray. When I'm fine, I will pray. When I'm happy, I will pray. When I'm not happy, I will pray. Glory to God.